Good morning. We're glad that you're here today. Welcome to Lake Point Church. And some of you just might be your first time with us, or maybe first time in a long time. And uh, we're glad that you're here to worship with us. As you came in, you should have received a program that looks like this. Inside the program, there's a little card. We ask you to take a minute to fill that card out and let us know about your visit with us this morning. And thank you for being here as we worship. And um, a couple things that's coming up next Sunday afternoon is our annual Fallapalooza Outreach. And we invite everyone to be a part of this. And it's going to be a great event that's next Sunday, right in the front from 4 o'clock to 6 o'clock, weather permitting. If the weather is bad, like it's raining, um, we're going to move it inside here. We'll have it set up inside in the school gym and we'll make it fun in here. But hopefully, we've never had to move it inside. And so we've always had it outside, and I hope that you'll be a part of it. Here's the thing. We need a couple more trunk-or-treaters. And if you're interested in being a part of this, trunk-or-treat, you know, provide some candy. You don't have to decorate your trunk too much. You can go crazy like a couple people are. We've got a couple crazy people out here, right? We've got one up here in the front. I see another one over here. All right, they're, they're going for it. And if you want to go in and go all out, more, you know, more power to you. But uh, if you say, hey, I just want to show up and, and I just want to hand out candy and be a part of it, um, we invite you to be a part of that. So let us know on the back of your connection card um, if you can serve in this way. We need about five more trunks. Five more trunks. And, and then we need some volunteers. We need some people that maybe not managing the trunk, but we need some help with the, uh, with the jump houses and, and different stuff that we have going on, carnival games, hayride. And uh, if you're able to help us out in that area, we would appreciate it. Let us know on the back of your connection card. And, um, and then I just want to give you a quick update. Chris Biddle is still in the hospital, one of our volunteers. Um, he's been in the hospital, um, wow, almost a month now. And um, he is uh, improving, making progress. Um, the thing we need to pray for today is uh, continue to pray for his mental awareness. He's not been sleeping. Like, he has not been sleeping at all. And, um, and so he, he's wore out mentally. And um, he, he, we continue to pray for some results that are coming back this week. And also be praying for a little young, young boy named 12, uh, 12 years old uh, named Camden. Camden Watts and his family attends here. And he is in the hospital at Mott Hospital over in Ann Arbor. And uh, just been inserted a feeding tube. Just have a lot of issues. Can't keep food down. And a poor guy had been through it, through and through, in the last couple of years. And so be praying for Camden, if you would. And I know there's many others here that we can be praying for, but I wanted to highlight those two, those two um, this morning, Chris and Camden. Let's pray for them, if you will, and then we'll get started. Our Heavenly Father, we love you, and uh, we thank you that you're the God of all comfort. And we pray today that you will comfort Chris and comfort Camden. Help them as they heal. Help them to continue to get better and stronger. We pray for answers that we're looking for. And we pray for um, recovery that's sooner rather than later. And God, we pray for patience. We pray that you help us to wait on you. And be with the family. And you know everything that they need. You know what they're going through. God, I pray that you let them know that we are here. And that's a trip. As a church, we're behind them, and we support them. In your name I pray. Amen. 
and amen. Well, we're in our series called Margin, and um, we're continuing on. Last week we talked about it. We introduced the idea of margin. I want to just real quickly review the definition. If you uh, don't want to hear last week, you can look on your handout note. Margin is the amount available beyond what is necessary. The amount available beyond what is necessary. It's the amount that you have that is available beyond what is necessary. It's the difference between what you have and what you need. If I have, again, if I have 30 minutes to get somewhere, and it takes 20 minutes to get there, I have 10 minutes of margin. And I allow myself, we try to aim this way, hey, don't, if it takes 20 minutes, don't, you know, don't leave 20 minutes till the, of the time to be there. Give yourself some margin, right? If I have a $100 bill and I have $80 worth of bill, or I have $100 cash, if I have $80 worth of bill, that means I have $20 of margin. The difference between what you have and what you need. Oftentimes, we live like this. If you're taking notes, if you're taking notes this morning, and I'm looking at my notes here. I've got week one. How many of you got week one in your, in your handout notes? Everyone? Okay, am I the only one that got week one? All right, this isn't working for me. All right, here we go. Thank you. We're going to push last week's message again here in just a minute. There we go. If you're taking note, underestimating time plus overestimating capacity equals being overwhelmed. This is a formula for a person that has no margin. Underestimating time plus overestimating capacity equals being overwhelmed. And many of us, we live like this. We live chaotic lives. We, we underestimate the time that we have. We overestimate the capacity. And we're living lives of chaos. And as a matter of fact, there's a video that reminds me of chaos. And in this video, it's from the movie Kindergarten Cops. How many of you remember Kindergarten Cops? He's the undercover cop. Uh, and, and part of his role, you know, was to be an undercover kindergarten teacher. He's not really a kindergarten teacher, but he thought he got this under control. Let's show this clip. First day? Yes. I'll take care of her. Thank you. You know, kindergarten is like the ocean. You don't want to turn your back on it. Oh, they're okay. Don't worry. Everything is under control. No. Monsters! What are you doing with this?
No. Don't start this. Oh, no. Uh, so how many of you can relate? Yeah, okay. You know, maybe it doesn't look like that, but your life is chaos. Sometimes you just want to scream, all right? You just want to say, stop it. Just stop. And you're living life of no margins, none whatsoever. What does chaos look like in our lives? If you're taking note, a couple of things here. Number one, constant clutter. Constant clutter. Chaos looks like that. A life with no margin. Constant clutter. If you were to go home today and look up the word clutter in the dictionary, you would see a picture of me. Just ask Karen. I, I like clutter sometimes. You know, I can't keep up with the clutter. In fact, most of us, we design our lives around clutter because we have a drawer named the uh, Clutter drawer, right, right. Y'all there with me. <laughs> you know, we have it. And we manage to shove our clutter in enclosed places. Drawers, closet, garage, the basement. Now, I want to do a little mass confession here this morning, okay? And I know half of our church, you grew up Catholic, so just, you, know, you understand how this works, right? But how many of you... You said, I can relate to this, all right? Mass confession happening all over the place, all right? Constant, constant clutter. And the good thing about church is we're all, you're not alone, all right? You're not alone. A lot of hands were just up. Here's another one, chaos. You're addicted or addiction to speed. Addiction to speed. I'm not talking about drugs here, by the way. I'm talking about you're always in a hurry. You're always on the run. Everything got to go fast. They talk fast. They listen fast. And then when they're trying to say, you know, hurry up, hurry up, I got to go. It's just, hey, you're always on the move. People, they like to finish your sentences because they don't have time to listen to you finish your own sentences. These are the people in the grocery store when they're going to check out. They've got it all figured out. They got the logarithms. They see two lines. And they're trying to figure out. They got the logarithms. You know, X number of items in the cart divided by the age of the checkout person. <laughs> you got to figure it out. You say, okay, I'm going to put myself in this line. And, and then, if you're really addicted to speed, you place yourself imaginary in the other line. All right? And then it becomes a race between reality and what's not reality. All right? And you feel like you win if you can beat your imaginary self in the other line. You're addicted to speed. You're always in a hurry. How many mass confession did I just describe here? All right, there we go. All right, hands all over the place. Very good. Number three, multitasking. Multitasking. They multitask. Excuse me while I... Check out my Facebook profile while I'm preaching at the same time. You know, some of you do this. You have a conversation while you're on the phone, while you're watching TV, all at the same time. In fact, some of you are multitasking right now. You're listening to the sermon and reading the program announcement, and, and, and maybe you're on Yelp 
looking for where you're going to go for dinner after church today. Multitasking. Multitasking. Some of you do this when you drive. You know, some of you ladies, you're, you're driving and shaving your legs at the same time. <laughs> all right. We're all doing it. So how many multitaskers we have in the room? Raise your hand. All right. We've got them in here. All right. Some of you are pointing. All right. Hey, no pointing. No pointing. It's all about you today. All right. No elbows are allowed in church. Here, a couple more. Now, I don't want you guys to raise your hand on the next couple here because they may be a little too embarrassing to admit. I want you to write them down. Relationship fatigue. Relationship fatigue. The fatigue is when you have no time for those who are closest to you. You're too tired. You're too drained, preoccupied. You give people emotional table scraps of your life. They get whatever's left over. Relationship fatigue. And for some of you, you have no margin, even in your relationship. We kind of talked about this last week, too. And number five, spiritual emptiness. Spiritual emptiness. This is where there's no time or emotional energy to sit down with your Bible, to reflect on God's Word. You have no time to even listen to how God might be trying to talk to you. And as a consequence of spiritual emptiness, your heart shrinks. Your, your desire for worship disappears. Your compassion for others, for the needy, is non-existent. As some of you here this morning, you, because of no margin, you feel empty spiritually speaking. You're spiritually empty. You're running on empty when it comes to your relationship with God. In a moment of complete honesty, as you look at some of the things that I've talked about, is there anybody here who just wish they could just pull back on the throttle? Maybe let off the gas a little bit. Perhaps have some margin. Margin in their lives. For all of us here, we need to keep moving our lives from chaos and to become more like Christ. And I believe that God came to earth in human form as Jesus to not only teach us principles for living life to its fullest, but he also model how to live a life of margin. Now, we talked about this first last week. I want to review the first again. In Matthew 11, verse 28 and 29, Jesus said this, and it's the same thing what Jesus said 2,000 years ago still applies to us today. He said, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. And some of you here say, God, I'm ready to change the pace of my life. I'm ready to create margin. I want margin. You see, Jesus had margin in his life, the Savior of the world, who had the most important mission of all time, the biggest mission of all time, and yet he modeled 
margin. If you look on your handout, you see that Jesus had time for deep relationships. Jesus had time for rest. He had time for influence. He had time for peace and quiet. He had time for greatness. Jesus had time for God. Now, some of you say, well, God, that's 2,000 years ago. Now, today's a different day. Today's different. And you're telling me that Jesus didn't have a lot to do. That's what you're saying. It's a man 2,000 years ago different. And you're saying that Jesus didn't have a lot to do. He had the whole world on his mind. He was trying to become the savior of the world. That's a big deal. And yet Jesus, in a short window of time in his life, he accomplished this incredible task by finding margin. And many of us say, you know what, God, I want what Jesus had. And that's why I put the chat box there. For you to say, you know what, God, I want deep relationship, but I don't have it. I want rest and influence, but I don't have it. I don't have time for that, but I want to have time for it. I want what Jesus did. And I want to live out how he modeled margin. So today, I want to talk about how we can have margin. Message today called choosing your best yes. Choosing your best yes. The idea comes from a book named uh, Choosing Your Best Yes. And uh, the author from Lisa Turkos. I, I gotta be honest with you, I've never read the book, but I like the title. <laughs> I love the title. There's a great message behind that title. Because not everything is a yes. Because when you say yes to everything, you begin to find yourself having no margin. And so today I want to talk about what we need to say yes to, what we need to say no to. I want you to see what Jesus did and how we say yes to the best things. So if you're taking note, number one, here's the first thing that we need to say yes, and we need to say yes to the unhealthiness of your pace. We need to say yes, I am unhealthy. And this may be a wake-up call for some of you. This is a time for you to look inside yourself and say, yes, I'm living life I'm living a life of chaos. I'm living a life with no margin. And you're being honest with yourself. You're being honest with where you're at. Being honest. I find myself doing this all the time. I find myself saying this lie. You know, I'm really busy right now, but it's just for a season. And before you know it, because you know how seasons are, and seasons change, but before you know it, you keep believing that lie, and that little season has become a seven-year-long season. And I get it. They're sure there's busy time, and it's not so busy time, but some of us, we're always busy. And we keep believing in this lie it's for a season, and that season has turned into years. You're always on the run. And that type of living is killing people. It's destroying marriages. It's crippling family. It's sucking the joy of life out of people. We have got to admit, yes, 
I am living at an unhealthy pace of life. Oftentimes, you go to a doctor checkup. You may have heard it before from a doctor. Your physical doctor will tell you, you have to slow down or you're not going to live past the next 10 years. He's telling you because he knows the science of the physical body. But Jesus has been talking about living a life of rest and margin, and you have to admit the unhealthiness of your pace. You've got to find margin. We've got to say, yes, it's unhealthy. I've got to admit it. Here's a statement here I want you to take note here. Not every opportunity is meant to be an assignment. Not every opportunity is meant to be an assignment. Not every opportunity that comes across your way, you should say yes to. You should have to say yes to everything. When I was in college, my senior year, we had, you know, I got nominated for several offices on a Bible college. And I said yes to everything. I didn't think I was going to get elected on everything. I thought, you know, if I win, I, ha I you know, so I said yes to everything, not thinking I was going to win everything. Hi, I was nominated for senior class president of the college of our senior class. It's a big deal. I was elected or you know, nominated to be the student body chaplain which is an awesome opportunity. I was really hoping that's what I would win, be the student body chaplain, preach a sermon once a month in front of 4,000 students. To be, I was nominated to be the president of our college, uh, we call it collegiate, but it's like a fraternity, you know, and there would be 200 guys in my group, and um, we were a Christian fraternity, so nothing too crazy, all right? We were, you know, we, you know, but I would, Nominated president for that. I was nominated for a preacher boy class. There were 400 guys in the Bible program, and I was nominated to be the class president. This is all my senior year. And I thought, I said, yeah, just go ahead and put me in the hopper. You know, I'm not going to win at all. I won every one of those things. <laughs> on my senior year, on your busiest year, and there was no going back. There was no, hey, you know, I'm resigning. I mean, kind of, I was like, oh, man. And so needless to say, my last year of college, you know, although it's fun, I enjoyed it. But I wish I didn't have to say yes to every opportunity. But some of us, we do that. We see an opportunity, oh, I got to say yes. And we, before we even think about the consequences, the pros and the cons, and actually think back, and to think it through, we say yes. We overcommit. You know, we, we, we did it yesterday. You know, we went to downtown. Abigail wanted to go to Disney on ice. Abigail, we said, all right, we're going to go to Disney on ice. And I, I said, you know what, the little girl, you know, every little girl got one of those little toys that blinks, right? And, and, and we get in there, and before, before Karen could stop me, 
I already bought one of your toys. I overcommit without even thinking about it, without thinking, you know, this toy is going to break in two days. I could have got her a permanent toy for 30 bucks, all right? I mean, I could have got her something that's going to last a lot longer. But we don't think. We say, yes, okay, we got an opportunity, yes. I got to buy it, yes. Okay, I'm going to commit, yes. And we do things without thinking. And we think every opportunity is meant to be an assignment. And we've got to say yes to it. And so we have to learn to say yes to what's unhealthy. We have to admit it, that my life is out of control and not see every opportunity as a yes. Here's the second thing we need to say yes to. We need to say yes to drawing closer to God's values. If you live your life by the world's value, the world's value enhances our speed. It fuels our addiction for speed and to be in a hurry. The world's value applauds our pace. When you live your life by the world's value, you're going to get hurt. You're going to be hurried. You're going to move to a fast pace. What if? What if you say, God, I think I want to... Start living according to not the world's value, but to your value. I want to learn how to grow from your principles and live from your values. And let that be the guiding force of my life. I wonder what happened. Here's several values. I'm gonna, there's a bunch we can name, but I want to look at a couple of them. The value of love the value of love, to draw closer to God's value of love. We should always say yes to the things that matter to God, to loving God, to draw closer to him. The Bible says in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17, it says your roots will grow down into God's love and to keep you strong, to focus on his love. Verse 18, and may you have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it's too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. God's offering an invitation. Hey, Dive into me. Draw into me. That goes back to that Matthew eleven twenty eight. Come to him and, and learn more of his love. And when we experience his love, when we start to understand God and his love for us, it begins to spread to others. We need to draw closer to the value of God's love. We also need to say yes to the value of authentic relationships. Authentic relationship. We are wired to live life in community with others. All of us were wired for it. You are made for relationship. You are not made to go through life alone. God created me to be fully known and to be fully loved. God created you to be fully known 
and to be fully loved. Now, to have deep relationships, it requires time. You see, hurry, the word hurry is the enemy of deep, meaningful relationships. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8, so we cared for you. And this is the Apostle Paul. He's talking to the, the church of Thessalonians. He said, so we cared for you because we loved you so much. We were delighted to share with you not only the gospel of God, but we also share our lives as well. How do you become dear to somebody? You spend time with them. You spend time with people. You say, God, I'm too busy to be fully known and to be fully loved. Then I say, you're too busy. You're too busy. You're not living the way God created you to be. None of us should be too busy for each other. I was talking to Pastor Tom this past week, and, um, and I don't know how we got to the conversation, but we were just having a conversation about church and, and relationships. And, uh, and I was telling him that a while back I learned a very imp important principle that I tried to practice every Sunday morning. Now, every Sunday morning I have an opportunity to engage with so many people. I also, in the back of my mind, there's a lot going on on our plate, right? There's a lot that's happening. And so I learned from a very important principle from a friend of mine about 10 years ago. And he says, Scott, on Sunday morning, walk slowly. Just remember those two words. Walk slowly. Don't ever be in a hurry to get from point A to point B in a rush where you don't have time to talk to people. You don't get from point A to point B, but create margin to get point A to point B. Create margin in your walk where you can walk slowly, where on the way to point A to point B, you can engage and healthy, meaningful conversation. Just God, you're not going to talk to everybody. You can't talk to everybody. It's impossible to talk to everybody. But man, you can have meaningful conversation. And you're weak at work to walk slowly with the people around you. So often we're so busy, we're so focused, we're such in a hurry that we blow past people, people that need a meaningful touch from you. A, a, a moment of pause. We said pause. I don't have time for a pause. But if you can work in some pauses where you can have some meaningful conversation, where you're not in a hurry to get in and get out, God wants us to have relationships. And it takes time to have those relationships. Say yes to knowing God's value of deeper relationship, the value of rest. That's the third thing. The third value is the value of rest. Exodus 23, verse 12. The Bible says, six days do your work, but on the seventh day do not work, so that your ox and your donkey may rest, and so that the slave born in your household and the foreigner living among you may be refreshed. You see, God created you, he created me to rest. We need it. 
And from where I stand, there's a couple of you that you're resting right now. That's okay. You probably need it more than I need. I understand. I'm not a, but we need rest. The need for rest is wired in us. See, God, he implemented rest in his creation. Even God rested on the seventh day. He modeled us that we should rest. Isaiah 58, verse 13 and 14, it says, If you keep your feet from breaking the Sabbath and from doing as you please on my holy day, if you call the Sabbath a delight and the Lord's holy day honorable, and if you honor it by not going your own way and not doing as you please or speaking idle words, he said, if you honor that rest, that day of rest, then you will find your joy in the Lord. You will find your joy in God. You will be free. You will free up time to enjoy God. To enjoy God. If there could be anything said about me, I don't want people to be, I don't want be, People that say up there, you know, Scott Blanchard, he, he was always in a hurry. He was always too busy. He never had time for people. Scott Blanchard was always on the run. I hope that's never said about me. In fact, I would love to be described as, you know what, God took time to enjoy God. He took time to live a life free from all the stuff that's trying to get on me, that wants to take away time, he live a life free from that with margin to enjoy God. When you say yes to God's values, it's your best yes. And then here's the third thing. Choosing your best yes means you say yes to what's really important. When you choose your best yes, you're saying yes to what's really important. You have to make those choices. We look at these verses last week. We talked about Mary and Martha. Remember? And, and Martha, she's busy. She wasn't choosing what was important. She thought it was important. And, and she should look at Martha and Verse 41, said, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed. Well, indeed, only one. Mary had chosen what is better, and it would not be taken away from her. You have to make the choice. You have to make the choice to make the best yes. You have to figure out what's important. We can, we can go in a lot of different applications here. Choosing the best yes so that you can have margin in your finances. Choosing the best yes so that you can have margin in your schedule. Choosing the best yes so that you can have margin when it comes to relationship with your family. Choosing your best yes. The past week, case in point, Karen and I, you know, we were... We got an email from Nathan's school, 
and it's the basketball coach. Uh, now, Nathan's in fifth grade, okay? And, and he had this opportunity to try out for ball, and the coach lays out the expectations. I appreciate that from the coach. He lays out the expectations that it's going to be practice after school for, for was it two hours? Three hours, two or three hours. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, five days a week. On top of the two hours of homework that Nathan has to do almost every night, you know, that has to get done. So he had two or three hours of ball practice, games on the weekend. And I look at Karen, and Karen's the man, and I really want to get him involved in sports. And, I, and we look at each other and say, but, but is there a better way? Is there a better death? Because we just thought this would just be consuming. Not only will it consume Nathan, but it's going to consume us. And this was our battleground the past week in margin. And as we discovered, we look around and we found another basketball league where they practice one time a week have one game on a Saturday morning. I said, that sounds a whole lot healthier than the other way around. Now listen, understand, somebody said, we're doing that. And, and that's your decision. This was our decision that we, had to, that we knew what was best for Karen and I. We could have gone the other way, and it wouldn't have been unbiblical. So if you go the other way and say, hey, I got my kids doing that, more power to you. But this was our best yes. And you have to make those choices. Making those right choices, what's best for your family, what's best for your kids, what's best for your finances. What is best? What is best? And here's what I want you to do this morning. On the back of your connection card, I hope you got your card. Some of you, I know you're straight with your husband or with your wife. But on the back here, There's a place here where you can make a decision. And in the back of your card, it says, you know what? This week, I'm going to make this my best yes. I'm going to say yes to this or no to this. One thing, I want you this week, what is it that I need to create margin in my life? What is that one thing? And I want you to write it down. In a few minutes, we'll have an offering. And during that offering time, I'm going to encourage you to drop that card. I will pray for you. By dropping in the car, it'll be like, you know what, I'm, make, I'm taking a step. We're going to do something. It might be, you know what, I'm going to go to bed earlier this week. Or, or I'm not going to multitask as much. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to turn off the phones when I get home at night. I don't know. Whatever that might be for you. I'm going to create margin. I'm going I'm to, you know what, we're going to make time to go to a small group so we can have relationship with people. God believes small group is one of the best places here at church where you can grow in deeper relationship with others. What is that one thing this week? What is that one thing that you need to say yes to and say no to? And then I want to piggyback what I gave you last week. Last week I challenged you to be still for five minutes. Be still every day for five minutes. And I want to continue that thought this week because I believe those five minutes will help you build some margin in your life where you can just be still and focus on God. 
And this is what I want you to do. During those five minutes, I want you to take this thought as you pray. I want you to pray this prayer. It's on the, on the screen right here. Dear Lord, unrush me. Unrush me. I don't want to miss one more moment. I've been going by too fast. I've been missing the moments of my life. I don't even recognize those moments. God, unrush me. I don't want to miss another moment. Not with you. Not with my family. Not with people I need to have a relationship with. I don't want to miss the moment. If I really want an unrushed life, I must underwear my schedule so that God has room to overwhelm my soul. Let me say that again. If I really want an unrushed life, I must underwhelm my schedule so that God has room for him to overwhelm me. Margin. And in the margin, in the white space, that God wants to do something in your life. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you that your word gives us hope that we don't have to live a life of madness and chaos. We don't feel like we're pulling our hairs and wanting to scream. But instead that we can create those margins, however that looks like. And help us to say the truth, the best yes. God, for some of us, our best yes today is to admit I am unhealthy. I have been living a life of madness, and I need to admit that. And that's my best guess today. I need to, that's a starting point for me. I need to admit it. God, there's others of us, we need to start saying yes to the things that matter according to your word. We were made for love. We were made for relationships. God, we were made for rest. And God, I pray that in this world that we're living in, that we would draw to not the world's value of go, 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 and doing, 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 but to draw close to your values. And then, God, I pray that we will always make the right choices that we need to make. God, each family is different. But, God, I pray that we will lean on your Holy Spirit to help us to make the best death to what's important in our family. Whatever that might be, God, help us so that we can live life, lives of margin all over you. What we establish as adults, it, it permeates through our kids. Our kids feel the effect of parents living lives of hurryness. God, I pray that parents can model a life of margin so that their kids can learn what that means too. And so, God, I pray you help us today. Help us. As we sing this next song, God, a song to you. You're the king of our hearts. 
You're the king of my heart. Not my schedule. Not my finances. Not what I've got going on on my calendar. But God, I pray that you're the king of my heart. I pray that we start living through the lens where you are in control and not me. Because when I try to live in control on my own, it leads to chaos. And today I want to be more Christ-like and walk with you. Join in my prayer.